Welcome to another episode from TFA Church. Here at TFA Church, we value people and we trust that this episode will be a blessing to you. When am I ever going to get the victory? And, and so I want to address that this morning. And if I were to ask you a question and pose a, a question to you, this morning to think about where geographically in this world is there currently being a war waged. If you look at the news, you can see geographically you would say there's a war going on in Ukraine right now. You would say, yeah, there's a, there's a war there. What about a, uh, a cyber war? You're always hearing about this cyber war, these people that, that hacked in and, and they, they stole information, this cyber warfare. Or you may hear about the, uh, the war on drugs and, or the, the war on terror. Well, I want to challenge us this morning to think about where our war is being waged. And I want to talk to you this morning about the, the, the war that's being waged in the mind, the battlefield of the mind, okay? Because that is where we fight our battles. And the scripture says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We understand that we're not fighting against flesh and blood out there, but we are fighting our flesh. Can I just be real this morning? The Bible talks over and over again. In the New Testament, over a hundred times, this particular word is used to, to, to speak about the flesh. The flesh, the carnal nature, the human nature. And when you came to Christ, positionally, you won the victory. You won the war. It's paid for. It's, see, salvation is past, present, and future. You are saved from the penalty of your sin in the past. Presently, you're saved over the power of sin. In the future, you will be saved in heaven from the presence of sin. So it's the, the penalty of sin. He did that at the cross. When you confess Christ as Savior and Lord, he, he paid your sin debt in full. And you, the penalty is no longer yours. You're going you're gonna to live forever and ever with Jesus as you're born again. But the power of sin, that's where we fight the fight. And that's in our flesh. It's in our mind. Peter talks about it. He, he says, abstain from the sinful desires which wage war against your soul. He says in chapter 1, prepare your minds for action. Prepare your minds. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready for this war. Get ready for this fight. There's a battle being waged in your mind. And so... People often ask, when are they ever going to get free? When are they ever going to stop doing this? And when are they ever going to stop struggling with this? And we're going to look at a couple of texts this morning that are, that are going to help us to be able to wage this battle and, and win this victory in our minds over and over again. Again, it's already won at Calvary. It's our, the battle's already been won and the war's already been won. But daily, our struggles that we find in this flesh, they don't go away, Right? They don't go away. Pastor, you know, it's easier for you to say this because you, you know, you're a pastor and, you know, it used to be that, you know, pastors, they would just, they'd shower with their suits on. They, they're just holy all the time. Well, I'm certainly not up here to confess this morning, okay, but, but 
We all fight the fight of faith. Every one of us. We live in a real world. And I'll share a couple of stories this morning to let you see that. But Romans chapter 8. Thank God we have the victory. But I want to talk to us about maintaining the victory. Romans chapter 8. Those who live according to the flesh. Verse 5. Have their minds set on what the flesh desires. So if we're finding that we're battling something in our flesh inside of us, guess where the battle is? We're having our minds set on that. Why did I not have a hard time with my team not doing well last night? Because I stopped thinking about it. Right? But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Why do you feel so free when we worship? And we sing and we give praise to God because we're, we're thinking about what the Spirit desires and we're putting our minds on the things of the, the Spirit. The, gov- the mind governed by the flesh is death, verse 6. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. That's why you can be in the midst of a storm and the anchor will still hold, Brother Gary, because, but it, because it's life and peace. Because our mind is being governed by the Spirit. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. So the issue is the mind. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. How many want to please God? Get out of the flesh. Get in the spirit. Right? It's a decision away. It's a step of faith towards towards God in the right spiritual direction. So watch what Colossians. What, what verse 12 and 13 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. We are obligated. But it is not according to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, by the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. That's victory. If you put to death the misdeeds of the body by the Spirit, you will live. How can we do that, Pastor. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Talking about our our identification. What do we identify as? We're we're followers of Jesus. That's, That's who we're identified as in this culture we live in. We are followers of Jesus. Since we've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind. On things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. That's our life. That's our life. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, verse 5. Therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is I idolatry. Extending this thought in the book of Romans, Paul says this in Romans chapter 13, verse 14, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on Jesus in your life every day. Put on that garment, that robe of righteousness by faith. Clothe yourself with Jesus Christ and do not think about, do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. 149 times that word flesh is used in the New Testament. 
Don't think about how to gratify the desire. And then Philippians chapter 4, we know the famous passage on the mind. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So we're going to crucify stinking thinking this morning. That's what we're doing. We're going to talk about how to crucify stinking thinking this morning. Just thinking that is just negative and thinking that is unholy and thinking that brings other people down and thinking that, that drags other people into possible sin. We have, to, we have to lift up this banner of righteous, holy, virtuous thinking so that we can ultimately please our Heavenly Father. So how do we do that? How do we maintain victory? Number one, remember that you died. Talking about our position in Christ. If we're raised with Christ, we've died with Christ. What are you talking about, Pastor? Remember that we have died. Colossians chapter 3, we just read it. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ with Christ in God. And in Romans chapter 6, verse 2, we died to sin. We died to sin. We gave our life to Jesus Christ. We died to sin. You mean, why am I fighting it all the time? Because we live in this flesh. But we ultimately said, when we said yes to Jesus, we said no to the things of this world and to the things of ungodliness and sin. And we said, Lord, I am no longer alive. You are now alive within me. This life I'm living, I'm living by faith in you now. I give you my life. I'm following you, Jesus. Talking about living in sin. How, how can we live in sin any longer, Paul says? How? Then he says in verse 6, chapter 6 of Romans, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be done away with. Our old self was crucified with Christ. That old invitation that Jesus gave, Luke chapter 9, verse 23, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself and pick up his cross and follow me. Ultimately, to be crucified, that's the, the, the invitation to Jesus this morning is to pick up our cross and follow Jesus and, and, and live crucified lives and say no to sin and Yes to Jesus and yes to all that he is in our life. We died to sin. How can we renew our mind? Remember, it's no longer our mind. We now have the mind of Christ. And we're to think righteous thoughts and holy thoughts and good, virtuous, wholesome, full of integrity type of thoughts. Verse 11 in Romans 6, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is something, church, that has already happened. We've already died to sin. This is something that's taken place in the past. In the past, you don't live the same way any longer because you died. See, we need to remember something happened when we got saved. When we understand that we died then we will understand that only in Christ can we live. We belong to Jesus now. You know, I remember when Stephanie and I first got married. It was the day after we said our vows. And we were waiting at the airport in New Orleans. We were going to fly on our, to our honeymoon. And we were sitting there and we were waiting. And, 
And uh, uh, you know, we had time. It was back in the uh, Southwest flights. We, you know, we were just waiting for our plane to get there. And finally it arrived, and we, we got on that plane eventually. But we were sitting there waiting, and, and uh, Stephanie said, I'm going to paint my toenails. And I said, I'm going to paint your nails for you. <laughs> Never painted toenails before. I'm painting her toenails, and as I'm painting her, she says, I wonder how much time we have. I said, I don't know. Let me go find out. We'll go up to the desk. And, and for the very first time, I used a word I had never said ever before. Justin, you know what that word is, right? Men, we all know what that word is when we, when we first got married. I said, ma'am, my wife and I. And I just felt so grown up like I had grown a, a beard all at once. I just felt so grown up like, wow. Man, I'm married. I use that word for the first time. You remember that feeling? Like, wow, I'm not a kid anymore. I pay my own car insurance. All those bills are mine. And so the point is, is we, that's something that happened the day before. And I began to say, that's my wife. See, that's what we have to remember what happened in the past? We died. Our old self is gone. The single life was gone. It was over. And boy, did, did, was I on the roller coaster then. Oh, I had a lot of things to learn. Good, good thing. Good lessons my wife has taught me that I needed to learn. I've heard some of your stories, but, but you know, I've learned all kinds of lessons. I've, I've shared before. I heard a pastor before say, you know, guys, we have towels in our house we have towels in our house that you can use, but I cannot use. Show towels, you know, all, uh, I, and I know that story, Brother Gary. So, uh, but it, it's, it's amazing. Things happen in the past. Paul said, remember, I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer me that's living. It's Christ that's living within me. This life I'm living, I'm living by faith in him who died for me and gave himself for me. So just remember, every day, your life is no longer yours. It's no longer up to you. It's no longer your life. Am I giving you that picture? You understand that? That's just the first step. Secondly, first of all, remember that you died, but recognize that you must die daily. <laughs> this is a good sermon. Good, good, good news this morning, church. You must die daily. See, there's a position in Christ that we have, but now we're talking about the progression, the progression of dying daily, every day of our lives. Romans 8, 13, for if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Colossians 3, 2, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. But look at Colossians 3, 5. He says, put to death. Put to death. Remember that you died, but recognize that you must die daily. Whatever belongs to your earthly nature. In verse 7 says, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. Look to your neighbor and say, your life is over. It's the life you once lived. We once lived that life. 
all those things, the, the pleasures of sin and, and the things of this world. But we once lived that life, but now we must put to death those evil desires, the Bible says. Those evil desires. How can we do this? How can we do this? Romans chapter 8, verse 2, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us to do this, to live in victory, to say yes to the things of God and to say no to the things of the flesh. Matthew 5.30, Jesus says, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. That's harsh. That sounds on the surface like, what? It's better for you to lose one of your members than your whole body to go into hell, he says. Come on, to be truthful, we would have no arms, no legs, no eyes, uh, no ears, no, oh my goodness, the first thing, right? What's Jesus saying? He, yeah, hair, yeah. <laughs> my, oh yeah, my, yeah, right. You, it's just amazing. Jesus is saying, remove that which causes you to sin. Remove that. Remove that which causes you to sin. Some of us, you may need a filter on your iPhone or your computer. Remove that that causes you to sin. Look the other way when temptation walks this way. Look the other way. Turn your eyes. Guard your mind when you're tempted to anger. Die daily. Put the flesh to rest. I was uh, told a story in our Wednesday night group a couple weeks ago, but we were, James and I were going fishing, James Campos, and, and we were going fishing a couple weeks ago, and, and uh, we had just left a men's Bible study, and I was crossing over towards the wellness center. We are going to go up that road and hit uh, the highway to go to Labadeville. That's uh, St. Mary, or Highway 1. We were on the one side. So right in front of the wellness center, there was a semi that was in the road. And we just sat there, and I waited. And we waited, and he was going forward. And then as soon as I went on my gas a little bit, he would back up. And I backed up a second, and I went up again, and he went back again. But he stayed in the middle of the road. And I wasn't paying attention, but over here, he was trying to back up, and there was a car in the way. So he was waiting for the car to move. But I, I was prone to sin because we had to get to the lake. I was being impatient, so I honked, rolled the window down. Can I go? Because he had his window down. I could see we were close enough. I was close enough to hit the gas if he got out of the truck, too. So, And he, can I go? And then he backed up a little bit and stopped again. So I honked again. And he wasn't moving. So I just eased this way in the parking lot at the wellness center and went around and then around the truck to the parking lot. And, but when I got down the road for a second, I said, James, I'm sorry. This isn't to try to look pious or anything, but, but truthfully, James, I'm sorry. I, that wasn't right. And this is what he said. We just always have to fight our flesh, don't we? We have to always fight our flesh. Church, do you know that this is homework for all of us? That we have to die daily. How are we going to renew our mind? We're going to renew our mind by remembering that we die. 
We're going to renew our mind by recognizing that we must die daily. The old stuff has to be taken out. The, the new stuff that, sh- that the world tries to put in, wherever we go, whatever we do, wherever, what, however we live, on campus or at work or at school, we, we have to guard our minds to keep that stuff out. That's why the helmet of salvation is so important in the armor of God. We have to, we have to guard our thinking. And, but, but that happens when we realize we're not here just for us any longer. We're here for the Lord. And the third, the third step is that we rejoice that we will live in perpetuity, that yes, that we, we've died, we're going to die daily, we're going to lay our flesh to rest, but, but we are going to live. All right, that, that has meaning for today, and it has meaning for down the road. Understand that. We live today. When we say no to the flesh, he gives us more grace, and we stand in victory, and we live, and we're confident in Christ. Watch this, Romans 8, 13. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. You're not going to die if you say no to sin. Your flesh may feel like you're about to die. Your flesh may feel like, I'm about to tell that person something. No, listen. Your, your, flesh, your flesh wants to just be the king. But, but the Bible says if you say no to the flesh right here, that you're going to live. You're not going to die. You're going to live through that. You're going to make it. You're going to stand up under that temptation. First, first Corinthians chapter 10 talks about that when you're tempted, he's going to provide the way of escape for you. As you remember the Holy Spirit. Let me, let me just say it this way. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Watch this, Romans 6, 12. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you obey its evil desires. 13, do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. There it is. We were dead in sin, but now he's brought us alive, to life, in Christ. As we're in Christ, we are alive. This has meaning again now for for now and for eternity. Colossians 3, 1 and 5. Again, look at that last verse. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. That's the future a promise of these scriptures. Yes, we have promise now that we have victory now. But the promise is in the future we will live with him in victory as we put this flesh to rest. But in this flesh, that's where the enemy wants to trip us up and say, see, you... You're standing there singing that song, but you haven't been worthy this week. You're not worthy to sing that song. What gives you any right to play that song on the worship team? What, what gives you any right to, to run the media or the sound or the online or anything? You're not holy enough. Right. You're right. None of us are worthy. But all of us, if we recognize we've died, we're dead to sin. If we sin, we fall short of the grace and the glory of Christ. We repent of that sin. We say, Lord, forgive me. I was in the flesh. I, I was prone to weakness. I, I gave in to fear. I gave in to lust. Or I gave in to anxiety. And, and Lord, that's, that's not your nature within me. And I, I no longer want to live according to the flesh. I want to please the Spirit. Can I say there is life right there? That is where you will live. But if you, you get under condemnation and you say, you know, I'll never figure this out. I'll never be holy. I'll, I'll never stay in Christ and be strong. I'll never be a mature believer. Uh, you, you, you'll fall short in some way, but stand by faith. Lift your 
praise to God and say, you know what, devil, you're not going to steal my joy. You're not going to steal my song. You're not going to steal my peace. I'm going to give my praise to the only one who's worthy, and that's Jesus. There's life there. There's life. So don't quit. You get up under condemnation, that, that could be the conviction of the Holy Spirit, convicting us, wooing us, and drawing us back into the presence of God. But remember Romans 8.1. I read Romans 8, 2, but Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That condemnation is hellfire condemnation. Thank God there's no condemnation for the believer in Christ Jesus. That's hellfire condemnation that we are secure. And and, and my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life this morning because I'm following Jesus Christ. There is no condemnation. Hallelujah. So then you fast forward to Romans 12. Therefore, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, not of His judgment, but yes, judgment is there as well. But in view of God's mercy, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. Two maybe antithetical statements, a sacrifice and a living sacrifice. That's why we read a devotion this morning, or Stephen did, and it was... You keep trying to pick that back up, that offering you give. You keep trying to take control of that, of your life. Listen, we laid control down. We laid our life down, and we said, Lord, it's no longer my life. It's no longer me. I don't have to be right. I don't have to be uh, the the boss of this or in, in charge of this. I give you my life. And there's peace in that. There's life there. There's joy there. There's, there's comfort there. We give them control. We say, Lord, I present my body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And I'm not conformed to the pattern of this world, but I'm transformed by the renewing of my mind. That, that word transform, it's metamorphosis in a sense, but, but it's taking what's on the inside and getting it to the outside. It's the spirit of Christ within us, that process of taking it from the inside and Bringing it to the outside. That's why I love the church, because you are getting more and more beautiful every day. The church. You're welcome, T-Pie. You're getting more and more like Christ every day, because we are being transformed like Christ every single day as we, in view of God's mercy, present our bodies as living sacrifices. We are being transformed. That's good news. There's hope, church. You are going to have victory over that sin that you're battling with or that that condemnation that keeps coming your way. Listen, you are going to to walk in victory over that. There's peace. There's joy and comfort in the Holy Spirit. Just keep following Jesus. Well, now I just I want to I want to shift a little bit in the message and, and have you in your mind go with me to John chapter twenty because this is a, an example. Maybe if I can illustrate the, the sermon this way is the story of Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene following Jesus. We know that she took out of her own funds to help support the work. Uh, that Jesus was doing and the disciples, they, this group of ladies was traveling and helping to support and take care of, of the disciples and Jesus. And, and Luke chapter 8 talks about how seven demons came out of Mary Magdalene. 
I mean, this, this was a woman that had been set free. She'd been set free. But John chapter 20 gives us the, the, the picture that on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, I mean, the, the light's not out yet. You know, there was no Lake Desalmonds and Lake Buff and, and, and Lake Palour and Lake Verrett to go try to catch some fish. Come on, Jeremy. We, there, there's nothing like that. She, but she's in the dark trying to just go see Jesus. She gets to the tomb. The stone is rolled away. Stone's no longer there. She's concerned. Remember, this is the one that she followed to help support. She sees Jesus crucified and and dies on the cross. She very possibly saw them put him in this tomb, put a stone over it. Now when she arrives there, the stone is rolled away. She goes and she tells the disciples, and Peter and John run to the to the tomb, and John, if you read it in his, in his gospel, he's writing, and he comes to faith right there. He sees that Jesus is no longer there, and the Bible says he believed. He believed. It doesn't say Peter believed, but, but then they leave the tomb, and they go back home. And in John's way of writing, it would seem that, it would seem that the narrative would follow Peter and John, but he stays with the narrative of Mary Magdalene, okay? Two-thirds of the inner circle of Jesus, you know, Peter, James, and John, but, but he, he stays riding with Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene walks into the tomb, and she sees two angels, begins to have this conversation, and she sees Jesus. But she doesn't recognize who he is. Doesn't recognize that it's Jesus. Verse 16, or verse 15, Jesus asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Mary had been weeping bitterly. She had been weeping. Someone took the body, Mary's saying. Someone took my, my Lord's body. Sir, if you've carried him away, thinking he was the gardener, If you've carried him away, where have you put him and I will get him? She's talking to Jesus. This is what Jesus says. Mary. I read that this week and just got the frissons. Did I say that right? No. Frisson. I read that this week and just picture yourself in the story here and Jesus say, Mary. He says her name. She says in Aramaic, Rabboni, Master, Master, it's you. It's you. See, Mary went looking really for a dead body, for, for a dead Jesus, but found an alive Jesus because she went looking. She went looking. If you would just camp out right there. If you'll just camp out right there. See, at times, you may have this spiritual tooth that's been ruminating, and then it kind of settles there, and you, you're kind of settled with that. Okay, I'm going to renew my mind. But then you take that step towards Jesus, and you think that that truth has already been settled, and then he calls your name, and then something alive comes within you. God just spoke to me. I was in my quiet time. I was reading the Bible just like I always do, but he called out to me as I'm lifting his name in prayer. See, joy comes 
Because Jesus comes to us. If we don't recognize his face, he will call our names. <laughs> if we don't recognize his face, he'll call our names. I'm saying that the greatest news, and I tried to say this earlier, but the greatest news in the world is not that God made the world, but that God loves the world. He loves you. He loves me. He loves us. And our job, recognize that, yes, we're dead to Christ. We're, we came to Christ, but, but keep coming to, to Jesus. Keep coming, even though it's dark. Even though it's dark. Even though everything else seems silent. Walk to Jesus. That's what Mary Magdalene did. She didn't comprehend the promise of Jesus. She came looking for a dead Jesus, not a living one, but at least she came. And because she came, he came to her. <laughs> Watch this. You personally, you may be tempted to give up and walk away, battling with this flesh, but don't. Don't walk away. Hear the warning of this pastor's heart this morning. Even when you don't feel like it, Keep walking the trail to the empty tomb. Open your Bible. Meditate on Scripture. Sing hymns. Talk to other believers. Place yourself in a position to be found by Jesus and listen carefully. Listen carefully. That gardener may be your redeemer. I want to close with a story of another Mary. Another Mary, a different Mary. Mary Cushman was reading a book by Max Lucado a few days ago, and he mentions this Mary Cushman, that the depression of the 1930s had devastated her family, and, and her husband's average paycheck shrank from, to $18 a week, and she was trying to make ends meet by getting odd jobs and, and with her five kids and her husband that fell ill so he could no longer work. They were in a store one day, and her kids were accused of shoplifting. And she, she just reached this point where she just had it all. She, she just couldn't take it any longer. Church, I'm talking about victory. How to maintain victory. She just reached the point where she couldn't take it any longer, and she said, I couldn't see any hope. I shut off my washing machine, and I took my little five-year-old daughter into the bedroom, plugged up the windows and cracks with paper and rags, I turned on the gas heater. True story. Gas heater we had in the bedroom, but I didn't light it. As I lay down on the bed with my daughter beside me, we laid there. We closed our eyes, listening to the gas escape. She says, I shall never forget the smell of that gas. Suddenly, I thought I heard music in Walking to the, to, to the bedroom to turn the, heat on, the heater, the gas on, she listened. She did hear music coming from the kitchen. And it was a, a radio that was playing in the kitchen. And it, to her, it didn't matter any longer because it was, she's just a few minutes from eternity. But the music kept on and kept on. And a song was coming through the radio. Again, true story. She said the song that was coming through was, What 
a friend we have in Jesus. Listen to these words. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. She said, as I listened to that hymn, I realized I had made the tragic mistake. That I had made a tragic mistake and I had tried to fight all my terrible battles alone. That's where it is. She tried to fight her battles alone. She tried to fight her battles alone. She, she reached the end of her rope and decided to stand on depression or suicide rather than standing on the rock of Christ Jesus. And she went on to explain that she spent the rest of the day giving thanks to God for the blessings she had forgotten. Five healthy children. She promised she would never again be ungrateful. And they eventually lost their home and never lost her hope. <laughs> they weathered the depression. Those five children grew up, married, and had children of their own. And she says, as, as I look back on that terrible day, when I turn on the gas, I thank God over and over, I woke up in time. What joys I would have missed. How many wonderful years I would have forfeited forever. Whenever I hear now of someone who wants to end his life, I feel like crying out, don't do it. Don't. The blackest moments we live through can only last a little time. And then comes the future. Hope can be ours in this flesh, in temptation, in the darkest night of the soul. Because Jesus comes. He walks in. Why did Jesus appear to Mary Magdalene first? He could have appeared to Peter first, or James first, or John, or Doubting Thomas first. We would have never had that story, Doubting Thomas, in the Bible then. And, and that which, you know, it, it was there for a reason. But, but he appeared to Mary Magdalene, someone that was so lost at one point in her life, and found Jesus, and, and then comes to the tomb just desperately crying out to God. And to me, it means... No matter what we walk through, there's always hope. And we will always, always have victory because we have Jesus. And He stands on the other side of our doubt. And He's always there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So joy comes. Our task, keep coming to Jesus. What does that look like? It looks like, remember you died. Recognize you need to die. Stand complete in Christ. You're going to live. You're going to live. You're going to rejoice when you see Jesus face to face one day. But you rejoice today. Because you know why? You have the power living within you if you're a child of God. You have the power within you to overcome this flesh. This fear, this doubt, this worry, this anxiety, this life we live. How are we going to make it? You ever had God answer a prayer like he, he, he answers a prayer and then your mind begins to race to the next one that you prayed for that hasn't been answered yet. That's the flesh. Crucify that old flesh. My goodness, isn't that just like the devil? You know, oh, God just answered prayer, but what about this one? No, listen. We're going to rejoice that God just did a miracle. Somebody that we've been inviting for 
over and over again came to church today. We're going to rejoice. Yeah, there's a hundred more that haven't come yet, but we're going to rejoice that that one came. Woo! We're going to rejoice that God took my headache away. Yeah, somebody's still fighting a disease, but thank God He healed my headache today. God, God's still working miracles, signs, and wonders, church, if we will just trust Him, just believe Him that He is alive. He is alive. Praise God.